Hello, hello. Welcome to the Candeo Equipping Podcast. This is Jake. I'm the teaching and equipping pastor here at Candeo Church. And today I'm sitting down with Cody Klein, our staff director. And he and I are discussing the topic of the blessing and curse of online church. During this COVID season, we've gone live stream. You've been maybe watching a lot of messages from home, and we're going to discuss uh, how that can be a blessing, but also how that blessing can subtly and inadvertently turn into a curse for you and the health of your Christian life. So I hope you enjoy the discussion. So we got Cody Klein in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. Yeah. It's good to have you. Thanks for sitting down at the table. I'm in your office. You are in in the house office. We're literally in our office doing this right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved moved 10 feet to come into your house to have this conversation. We need one of those... Like, like ice cream, wind, like snow yeah. cone window between yeah. our walls. I've always wanted that. I know you've always wanted that. I, <laughs> I, I'm glad that I can't see you half the time because I get distracted already. I, I also really prefer the two two favorite parts of my day is either when I just bang on your wall really loud and then yell oh, yeah. through our paper thin walls, mm-hmm. or. When I call you on your cell phone because I'm too lazy to move <laughs> and go out my door and come in. That's my favorite because there's a delay. Yeah. And, it's and you can really hear me anyway. Yeah. 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 You can you can hear me anyway, but <laughs> the technology is so nice. It is great. Yeah. 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 You had a good week? I've had a great week. What's what's been the favorite your favorite part of your week so far? Yeah. There's so many favorites, but this, obviously, this one takes the cake. Man, it's Wednesday already. So many favorites. But on on Sunday, my nine-year-old placed his faith in Jesus and uh, crossed from death to life, which was not expected. I I hope that doesn't sound bad, but I I delight in all of my kids. But Mm. um, can I I tell the story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a beautiful moment in the 8 a.m. service where, uh, you know, as we take communion, and I've, I've said this to you, Jake, numerous times, I'm really grateful for your leadership in getting us to take communion more often as a mm. church family. And what I love about it is it creates a regular cadence of like a crossroads moment for my kids. And I, I think for anybody else that's in attendance, especially for those who have yet to place their faith in Jesus, it's mm. it's a regular like gospel presentation once again of like, what holds you back? Yeah. And so I want my kids to have a healthy like reservation before they jump into communion. But at the same time, like I don't want to stifle young faith, a faith of I've got a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old and a 6-year-old and a 4-year-old. So anyway, um, Caden, I noticed, had grabbed some of the communion elements, mm. uh, sat down in the seat next to me. And when it came time to take communion, he he took it. And so I always want to seize those opportunities as a dad to shepherd my kids. And so I throw my arm around Caden and just said, hey, but do you know why we take communion? And, and you know, do you know why you took communion? And so he says, well, I took communion because I, I placed my faith in Jesus. Mm. And, uh, and I said, and do you know what? these elements represent. He said, yeah, this is the the body and the blood of Jesus broken and spilled out for me. Something of that nature. And I thought, gosh, those are, those are pretty good answers. You're looking in his Bible like, <laughs> yeah. who wrote that down for you? Like, uh, 
<laughs> and and he he does, man. He does a tremendous job, like really engaging in the service. And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he was he was following you as you were teaching through uh, John four and. And so I, 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 again, as, as the service wrapped up and we finished up with the, the benediction, again, just kind of asked him, I said, I said, but have you done that before? And, and, and he, that actually, I think was the first time he'd taken communion in quite a while because he knows of these conversations mm-hmm. we've had about having just a, a, a healthy understanding of the importance of communion, but at the same time that it's for believers mm-hmm. and, and the weight of, hey, if you place your faith in Jesus, then I'm going to as your dad come alongside you and then encourage you, then you have to follow Jesus. So you'd follow him and get baptized and then mm-hmm. in other things. And so um, he had, you know, he, he acknowledged, like, hey, I have not taken communion before because of that, but mm-hmm. I, I took it today, Dad, because I've placed my faith in Jesus. And wow. can I get baptized? And I said, wow, okay. So you know me, I'm pretty emotional. I'm oh, like, I was going to tears. Ask, how dehydrated so, were you after this oh, conversation? Oh, and, <laughs> I felt so bad because one of our members came over and like tapped me on the shoulder. I was like, "Hey, can can I can we talk quick?" And I'm like, "One moment here, you know." So no, I'm trying to can't. wrap up this conversation, but you know, was able to engage Caden in conversation through like the gospel circles that we we use often as yeah. leadership or uh, the bridge diagram, and and um, he gives a believable, great profession of faith for mm-hmm. a nine year old boy, and. Um, yeah, we'll be getting baptized here November first. So that's amazing. Pretty, pretty wild. First of my kids. So wow. Yeah, you could say highlight of the week. I mean, there's a lot of highlights, but none of them come close to that one. So yeah, that's mine. Was gonna be I'm smoking pork today. <laughs> Yours is like <laughs> I don't. I'm pretty sure that uh, my week so have, much better be a than salvation yours. experience. Yeah, no. my week is so much better than oh, yours. Oh, it, oh, it totally is. Uh, yeah. oh, well, that's, that's cool too. I mean. It, Obviously, that moment is neat, you know, but but even to hear like you're consistent, mm. like the way you parent your kids and have have parented your kids through yeah. through that, because I think that's something that my guess is that there's a lot of parents who we've we've been doing communion more. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, how do I this isn't like a snack. How right. do I explain this? You know, and right. I think that's a great pace like yeah. for you and Stacy to be setting with your kids. You yeah, know? It, it could almost hijack the entire purpose of this podcast and go out oh, into yeah. like <laughs> how, how we should shepherd our kids in those moments. I don't even know if we're doing it right. I, mm. I think for Stacy and I, we probably fall a bit more in the category of almost trying to talk our kids out of praying the prayer sure. uh, because I we have great kids and it wouldn't take much for me to just with the, the, the power of the breath of my lungs to mm-hmm. push them over into um, them doing something that would just try to make me happy, you know. Oh, well, Dad wants us to do this, and so they they do it. And I and I I, I want to lead them without mm-hmm. pressuring them into anything. I mean, and those it's like a tension to manage, right? Mm-hmm. Classic tension to manage. And so there's been numbers of times where we've been at that point and walking our kids through the gospel and helping them understand where they are. That surprisingly, you'll watch me all of a sudden hit the brakes and not keep pushing. Mm. Because I believe I've taken it far enough that at that point, the spirit's at work. They understand where they are. If I say, hey, do you want to pray a prayer? I could probably get them to do that in that moment. But I think they're trying to do it out of pleasing me when it's like, Mm -hmm. but you're going to have to decide at some point. 
but also understand if you choose to follow Christ, this is what it's going to look like, you know? And so I'll, I'll even try to slow down and have them like count the cost. I mean, mm-hmm. hey, maybe you right now think that every kid in your classroom is a Christian, but it's not true. Right. And if you claim Christ, you're going to be weird. I mean, even one of the things with Caden, uh, you know, is he's read the Jesus Freaks Voice of Martyrs book, at mm-hmm. least parts of it, and is aware that there are places in the world where being a Christian can get you killed. Mm-hmm. I know that's a morbid thing to like instill in your kids at, at too young of an age, but we've been able to incorporate that level of conversation with our kids to mm-hmm. some degree that, that they're at least aware that you you don't become a Christian like just flippantly or because it's the cool thing to do or I'm going to get baptized because I can get sweet gifts from my grandparents or whatever mm-hmm. else like could come into there or whatever. Or the things that have marked my own childhood of like why I went through confirmation and did what I did was, um, but for them to to understand their, the weight of their own sin, um, for them to know that they themselves are sinners, to understand that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for them and that the call of the gospel is one that, that yes, they can grow into it and grow with it, but it, it demands all of their life. Mm. And uh, man, that's, that's tough. And I yeah. I didn't grow up in a pastor's household, so I don't know what that's like. And mm-hmm. so I also feel a, a level of, I don't know if it's empathy or sympathy for my kids. Of just, I don't want them to feel like they have to do this to make me happy, but I so want them to know Jesus. So it's... Yeah. 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 Like I said, that's a... that's a I could hijack this whole conversation and go down that for a long time. Oh, but. we'll we'll come back to it at some point. Maybe not in this one, but sure. But I do think I do think it's a it's an interesting segue, let's mm-hmm. say, because what we want to talk about is uh, I think we're gonna title this the blessing and curse of online church. And so yeah. the very fact that Caden's in the service is a result yeah. of this odd season that we're in with COVID and making adjustments and mm-hmm. adjusting service times and the chairs have never been more spread out in our auditorium. Yeah. You know? yep. I'm just, I'm grateful that we have the space we do because yeah. they're warehouse days. It's like yeah. we would have had more than three services, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to accommodate what we have. So, but uh, I think it's put us in this spot, you know, initially we made those changes Try, you know, social distancing and, you know, masks. And even at some point there's a mask mandate here in Cedar Falls. So how do we navigate that and all this stuff? Um, it feels like we've, we're getting to a point now where at least the tension I've felt, and I think you've felt it too, is like, how do we both like lead people gently mm-hmm. with empathy, understanding that there's a variety of situations, but also to try to address maybe some bad habits that could be formed during this time. And one of those, mm. I think one of those bad habits, if I can just like say it real plainly, it's a bad habit to consider online church church. Mm. Right, like, yeah. you know, because I, I think I think what happens is that uh, we can mistaken, like we, we can so easily equate uh, or disconnect participation from presence. Mm. Like, just because I'm observing something, I feel like I'm participating in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not actually doing that. We do that. I've always thought it was funny when, uh, it, it, like, when people with sports will say, we did great this weekend. I'm like, who's <laughs> we? Like, <laughs> you're not on the Chicago Cubs. Like, if you're Chicago Cubs, you probably wouldn't say we did great this weekend yeah, anyway. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan, man. We're like a like a tick better than them sure. as far as the pain and misery of our history. Or yeah, or football or whatever. Like the pronoun that's always been I so funny did to me. It. Did you hear it? I said we we've always been in the same level of like pain and misery. I used like the R language. Yeah, we we have been somehow so I I've never played for the Boston Red Sox. I'll make that clear. Yes. No. Yes. They they you look have great always, though. Yeah. You look awesome. I, yeah, but like, but like, it can like a, how a spectator sport right. we can so I begin to identify like because I in, enjoy this, watch mm. this, that somehow I am a part of this. Mm. I think that can translate into the church too. Mm. And so, as you've kind of walked through this season, like, like what's what what has fueled your longing for the for the gathering of the church body physically. Yeah. But at least at I, least something I, I think it. I think the best starting point though is to recognize like technology is an incredible resource. Mm-hmm. I mean it is a good resource. That, I, yeah, it's a blessing. I can't even imagine trying to navigate COVID without mm. the technology that we have at our fingertips that not long ago wouldn't have even been there for the church to utilize. And yeah. so I think it's helpful for us to say Good resource, terrible replacement. Yeah. Right. Yep. So good that's resource, good terrible replacement. And so that's where even as we've navigated this, it's been okay to think about maybe seasons where for a time we we decided not to meet and and worked with the guidance that we were receiving from government and officials, didn't meet in those times, stayed to the group size restrictions that we were encouraged to stay with, uh, and complied with all of that. Because uh, we felt like that was best for the welfare of our of our people, because mm-hmm. the risk of gathering at that point seemed too high in light of what we had to set aside for a short time. But we all recognized in that moment that's a short term mm-hmm. thought, like that's a that's thinking here in the short term, but long term. That that's that's not how a church can function. It's not how people are meant to thrive. Mm-hmm. It's not how God created us to. To, to do life uh, yeah. with each other. And so uh, I think it's helpful to, to, to start there for sure. And again, I'm still grateful today for technology and the resource that it can be for those who still should be cautious and remain maybe cautious in their approach of as far as how quickly they regather, mm-hmm. whether you've got a compromised immune system or you're caring for an elderly loved one or things like that. I I, I enter into this with a level of like sympathy for that crowd and mm-hmm. say, hey, where we are right now, continuing to learn more and more about this virus, um, even how to combat this virus, I, 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 start, I start there. Mm. But I'll also say this very quickly. This isn't even just technology related. This is also just even service, uh, feel, preference related. Um, I'm not in the, in the like, I prefer to wear a mask crowd of people. I don't know how many that that is that actually existed. Like I love wearing masks. But this this weekend, there we are at the 8 a.m. service. That's where we are with our kids. It's it's early. <laughs> it's the hardest one to get your kids up and out of bed and on time for. Mm. Um, we're we're all there in masks. I would prefer not to, like I said in, in, in my preference. And yet I'm setting all those things down for the opportunity to gather with my church family mm-hmm. physically and and worship together. And not only worship, but then 
that my family, then we can all be freed up to serve at the subsequent services together uh, as we do life mm. together. And so it's not just purely thinking about how do we come in and have a low risk experience ourselves or whatever. It's about having a, a low risk gathering with our family and also being able to serve in mm. ways that, that, that meet that, that I, I think uh, that's the conversation that we've kind of gravitated to a, more. So I don't know if that necessarily answers your question, but yeah. I think it keeps this rolling. I, I'm, I'm curious for you, your household, even for mm-hmm. you as you enter into this, like, what is your, your biggest fear in mm-hmm. this time? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things, and, and we kind of said this at the beginning, I don't think COVID-19, um, I'm actually really grateful for this time because I think what it's done is that it has been an occasion to expose the way people already viewed the church. Mm. I don't know that people's views of the church have changed. I just think that they've been exposed. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, uh, if if you view church as simply an optional event, mm. then something like COVID-19 is going to expose that, especially as we're in this time of like, like, do I go back? Do I just stay home? This is easier. If it's an optional event, I'm going to choose the the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to choose the thing that's most convenient. But the thing, but the difference is, is like the church is actually not an optional event. The church is meant to be a family. Right. Like, like we're not to interact with the church as though it, it's like a like a product or any any other place we would go. It's like no, this is this is a family gathering. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way that at times family gatherings can be inconvenient. At right. times family gatherings have have that weird uncle, you know, and yeah. it's like if I had to choose exactly who was here, maybe the weird uncle yeah. wouldn't be here, but he is cuz he's family, yeah. right? Like and so now yeah. I have an opportunity to love those in my family mm. across personal preferences mm. and I'm also going to like sacrifice and take appropriate risks mm. to to gather with my family, yeah. you know, and that that's a little bit why the uh, um, even the conversation of like uh, like communion and connection groups, right? Mm. Where it's like I think I think that's fine. I think that I think this is an area of preference, you know. I just so love being with with the gathered body on a Sunday because that seems to be the least homogenous group of people that we have in our church. Mm-hmm. There are people there of a wider age of range of ages, a wider range of backgrounds, a wider range of preferences. And I, I enjoy receiving communion with as many people who are not like me, right. you know, because the reason is for two reasons. One, I think, and I think like in-person gatherings are important because we have, we have an in-person savior, mm-hmm. like our salvation was embodied in yeah. a person. Like Jesus didn't just instant message us salvation. Like, no, he came in the flesh to save us in the flesh, to walk in the flesh in perfection, to to defeat sin and death in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And now he's given us a family in the flesh to embody the saving grace of God to one another. That's what we see in scripture, all right. of the one another's. I mean, you even see Jesus, I was just looking it up here in Matthew 12, like the way that he defines who his brothers and sisters are isn't primarily by blood. It's by those who do the will of God, like those who are in the household of faith. Like Jesus defines your greatest family as those in the household of faith. That salvation even transcends blood relations. Now, 
I'm not saying that if, mm. if someone has a has an elderly parent that it's like, well, forget them, you should be gathering and all this, you know, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that at the very least, we ought to value the embodied gathering of our church family just as much as we value the embodied gathering of our biological family. Right. And I think that's the thing that, that I'm a bit fearful of. Fearful is probably not the right word, but like that I'm concerned about is that people so disconnect what and so misunderstand what the church actually is that they end up treating it in a way that we never see it meant to be treated in the Bible as something to be consumed, as something that is to be enjoyed so long as it's convenient, but it's it's disposable at the earliest possible chance that it that there's maybe a little risk to it and that it inconveniences me. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's the tension I'm feeling a bit. And and wanting people to be consistent at least in the way that they live their life, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're if you're very hesitant to come to the gathered church, I go then do you have that same hesitation to engage in any other context at Walmart, at getting your groceries? Like, I, I know you got to live life, but like if there's an inconsistency there, then I begin to go, I think you're actually making more of a value statement about how you see the church than you are making a statement about COVID-19 and right. your hesitations towards that. Right. If that makes sense, right. you know? Yeah. I think, I think for me, one of the, the, pictures or metaphors, which is more your strength than mine. So if this is a terrible picture, you can rip it apart. You're but better I, I, than you think you are. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> a little boost of confidence here before I crash. Uh, I think I think one of the, the pitfalls of American Christianity is is just a two dimensional approach to faith that that purely thinks it's just it's just me and God. It's just, it's it's personalized or whatever. And and because of that we think that, oh, I can do church with just me and a screen mm. because I can I can listen to the teaching, I can get something out of it, thank you, and I can move on with my day. And when we open the pages of Scripture and read through the chapters of Acts or see Paul interacting with churches, I mean, what you get there is not two-dimensional Christianity. It's three-dimensional. I mean, it's mm. it's life with people. I mean, take take Acts 2, for example, right? When the Spirit's poured out and 3,000 people come to know Christ in one day, what you see then is not people taking off going, sweet, I've got relationship with God, I'm good to go, and go off as a bunch of individuals wherever they'd go off to. No, it, it, it says that they... They devoted themselves mm. to the apostles' teaching, to each other, to breaking bread and fellowship and and prayer, and they they just there's there's a life on life aspect to it that is not purely me sitting down, getting something from somebody's teaching and moving on with my mm. day, and and that's where again technology can be a good resource because it can provide some maybe some aspects of that, but it mm-hmm. it's not the complete package. Yeah. And so where are we doing our Christianity? You know, where are we living out our faith in a three-dimensional way that is engaging mm-hmm. God's people and then engaging God's mission with God's people? Yeah. And I think it's very easy to stay in that two-dimensional place and even feel great about ourselves like I'm a pretty mature person. Uh, I've got my priorities right, you know, Jesus is king of my life. But when you get to that three-dimensional level where the rubber meets the road, that's where we often experience challenges. Mm. Uh, that's where uh, 
the opportunities for brokenness or bitterness in relationship or for me to fall flat on my face and actually engaging people in a missional way or whatever can all come to the surface. And we need to be encouraging one another in the midst of that, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's that. So I think two dimensionally versus th- three dimensionally. And it's just, like you said, I think that existed prior to COVID, mm-hmm. but COVID, it, it created a unique thing where even we as a church said for a while we'll we'll flip on the live stream service and really cater to online participation but i'd love to ask you this question do you Mm -hmm. do you regret the online environment (laughs) uh do you ever see a day where we actually would shut off sure the live stream yeah that's a good question i i I know i don't regret it okay um one because i because like you said at the beginning, it is a blessing. Yeah. Um, man, technology has allowed us, has allowed the gospel to go places that it, I, would, I don't want to say otherwise wouldn't have gone, but maybe wouldn't have gone there as quickly. Right. Um, and it, and it, I think it's created a space where people who may, who may not have normally interacted with or even come to hear a message from the Bible, like mm-hmm. I think it's created a non-threatening environment for that kind of person. That like, even even stepping into a a church building is like too great of a barrier to entry, mm-hmm. to even like check it out. I'm really grateful for for that aspect of live streaming, of online messages, of podcasts, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I think I think the thing that I that I go back to though is like. I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't know about the question. Like, if I ever see a day where it turns off, but I do go. If it doesn't turn off, if you continue to only interact with Candeo Church online, you'll probably get annoyed at how much we discourage you from only doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and 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 we even yeah. have like we started very early on doing that kind of like pre-roll, like yeah. pre-service thing where it's me or you or Jordan, yeah. like. And that's that's only online. Like yeah. if you're in the building, you don't see that message. Like yeah. and like welcoming you, like saying thanks so much for watching. But this is not a replacement for mm-hmm. participation in a local church community. Mm-hmm. You know, for two reasons. One, we don't want people in the Cedar Valley using Candeo's online live service as a replacement for church community. But also, we don't want people in other places. Yeah. Like even. Whether and we can see, like I can't see the exact address someone's at. That'd be creepy, you know. But <laughs> we got little dots, you know. It's yeah. like, oh, people in Boulder, Colorado, like people in Geneva, Illinois, people in, you know, most of it's, you know, in the Cedar Valley, but like all over the country, it's like, okay, that's great that people from anywhere, you know, and even internationally, that's awesome that people from anywhere can engage with our services. Um, but to, to have that constant, uh, and I think biblical reminder that like this is not a replacement for a local church community. And I think your 2D and 3D thing is really helpful because uh, probably the the only thing that would offend you or rub up against your preferences just watching online would probably be something like me or you say from the stage. Mm-hmm. When you're in person, the likelihood of you being inconvenienced goes through the roof, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's at every corner. Oh, yeah. every corner. Pe- like people are in the way. They yeah. they went. They're parked where you wanted to park. Like right. they 
they're too close. They're not close enough. So, I mean, even talking to Aaron Cully, our counseling center director, like, one of the, we were, it was so interesting. He said something about the dynamics of telehealth that I had mm-hmm. never thought of. He said, telehealth is great. It's an awesome thing. We should do telehealth, absolutely. But there are things about telehealth that just cannot replace in-person counseling. For example, you can't smell the person when you're doing telehealth. Mm-hmm. That can actually be a really helpful thing to know. Like, is this person taking care of their body? Have they showered in a week? I can't tell that over a screen. I have to be in the room with you. And to be able to like smell you, there's something about like embodiment in personal interaction. That's really important. That's probably a thousand intangibles, but really like in and of themselves aren't a big deal, but you, you add those up and it makes a difference the way that you're interacting with people, you know? And so even the fact that the, the, you watch from home, the music's never too loud because you have the remote control, like, which is fine. Oh. But I go, that's also a preference that I don't have to overcome when the whole point of the gathered body, one of the points at least, is to love one another in spite of our differing preferences. Yeah. And that is the powerful witness of the gospel, yeah. that a group of people so diverse yeah. would love each other and interact with each other, yeah. despite their diverse preferences. Yeah. I, well, for me, one of the emotionally overwhelming moments of uh, services just a couple weeks ago that I remember very distinctly, it was just hearing the the singing of yeah. the saints around me. Mm. Um, it, it just oh, like I was able to hear it so clear. It, it was overwhelming because in the midst of all that's going on in our world, all the 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 chaos and the the, the numerous reasons to be discouraged or, or whatever, um, to just hear God's people sing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it goes into that Colossians three reminder, you know, like that we would edify and encourage one another with songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's an mm-hmm. aspect in which the singing of God's people around me it it, it it gives courage to my own soul, you know? And again, yeah. you can't do that mm-hmm. when you're watching from a screen. Though you can see a team leading in worship, it's it's the room of God's people. It's it's mm-hmm. the, the dozens to hundreds to whatever, you know, and singing. It's just powerful. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter how good your sound system is. Yeah. You're not going to be able and, – and, and not from the music – element mm. but from the congregational singing element that is yeah. huge yeah. i i've i have often stood backstage uh like before the 8 a.m service because i usually just sit back there because i don't want to mess with a mask you know while going up but to hear the singing i'll stand back there with my phone and record mm-hmm. it because i'm like this this is it yeah. like this is so massively powerful absolutely you know like the absolutely like the gathered people of god you know so so yeah the on, online church can be a blessing and it has been a blessing for a time mm-hmm. but i think i think we're at a point where if we're not careful if people aren't careful that the that what was once a blessing can can become a curse and it can actually be uh detrimental to your own spiritual growth. We need one another. There is no category mm. of Lone Ranger Christianity. Mm. And the best expression of the of the church is the gathered church. And I'm not saying it has to be a certain size, right? Like right. we've got brothers and sisters all around the world 
who will gather. It, it was one of the things that was funny. We talk about it with the mask mandate, you know, yeah. like it's like, man, we've got brothers and sisters in countries that they're yeah. like, wait, they're only asking you to wear a mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can do whatever. Oh, it's yeah. It's like. Yeah, like they they would so switch places, or maybe they wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know, but They're, like they would I, not see that I've, as an I've, obstacle. I've curse. been in that. <laughs> I've been in those places where believers can't go to an apartment in groups larger than two at a time, mm. and cannot be closer than fifteen minutes to each other because they don't want to attract watchful eyes to think, oh, there's clearly a gathering taking place, and then mm. I've, I've watched them smuggle inflatable pools in their backpacks oh, yeah. into different spaces and then gather slowly over the course of an hour and a half so as to not be detected so that mm. nine people can gather to watch two new believers get baptized. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, inconvenience is a relative, oh, relative term, yeah. you know? And so, uh, yeah, so, so being purposeful with each step along the way here to, to ask, like, God, what do you want us to do in the moment that we're living in right now with mm-hmm. mask mandates or whatever? Like, being prudent, um, but at the same time, trying to figure out, like, when where do you actually draw lines and when do you say, that's actually beginning to infringe on our ability to gather as God's people mm-hmm. and, and genuinely worship uh, in a way that 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 is the way that God has called us to, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think trying to navigate that. You know, well in this time is required thought, but oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and part of it too is like we are still absolutely committed to church planting. Oh yeah, like if yeah. if online church was good enough, then there's no reason yeah. to plant churches. Yeah. Just send the link yeah. to Cincinnati, right? Like, <laughs> it's like no, that, yeah. that's not the point at all. Like like there's a there's a massive value to the embodied gathering mm-hmm. of God's people, you know. And it's the yeah. whole reason. It's even while as you like talk about. Uh, you know, reading the the Jesus Freaks book with Caden and and right. your kids, stuff like that, like the counting the cost, and and it sounds weird to even be talking about this as like an American who has so many mm-hmm. privileges and freedoms that it's like, but I do think it's a great thing like that that you're instilling in your kids that it's like for them to count the cost of following Jesus. I think will have implications, mm-hmm. uh, especially as it relates to mission, mm-hmm. like. What you're doing isn't just like forming their decision for Christ now, but it's also informing how they live their life on mission for Christ right. in the years to come. Right. Where it's like they they may go to one of those countries mm-hmm. where it costs a lot more than it does here, right. but they've been guided and shepherded and went like, no, I knew that this wasn't a bait and switch. Yeah. I knew exactly. My my parents helped me see mm-hmm. that being a Christian can be hard sometimes. Mm-hmm can be dangerous it there will be an element of risk it's it's for for so long it has not been risky to be a christian mm-hmm. in any way or to do anything christianly right that i think right now is a great opportunity that we're learning that it's like we've been given a a kind of risk to gathering as a yeah. church christians gather yeah and, and value that at least yep. you know well and i think a couple of phrases that have been helpful to me that I've, I've, I've heard from other people, other churches is, and I, and I think actually this is one of the, like the praise God moments, you know, Jake, that, that goes along with what you're just saying there. Um, no risk versus low risk. Mm. I cannot promise you a no risk gathering yep. right now in the midst of 
We've never been able to. And, and, yeah, I mean, we, maybe we thought that prior to last March, but our safety team's great. Yeah, yeah. But but what we've lived for so long in that concept of like, yeah, it's it's no risk, mm. and so sure. Um, even from a societal like cultural standpoint, going to church carried with it positive connotations to it in the general population's mind or whatever. Mm-hmm. So so whether it's COVID that's even changing or, or, or a world that, that continues to shift, we've now entered into a time where it's, it's, yeah, the best I can offer you right now, the best we can offer you right now as a church is a low-risk gathering. Yeah. And for our kids and for us— to be able to, at the same time, acknowledge like and be grateful for blessings, you know, the, the times in the past that maybe had been safe or whatever, to like be grateful for that. But at the same time, also, like a, adopt a new mindset, uh, adjust into this new moment, and to be, um, to accept this low-risk time that we're in, I think is good for us. Mm. I think it's good to, as parents, lead your kids in. Um, and so I, I don't mind that there's risk involved now mm. uh, because I, I think that's when actually like New Testament Christianity also begins to make the most sense. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Now I feel like I can relate to a few more of these yeah. stories. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's key. I think, can we, can we pause for a second? I've been wanting to do this for about the past 10 minutes because it's, it's probably good to like Define some terms, mm-hmm. just so uh, it's it's clear kind of what we're we're, we're kind of addressing here. Um, online church, right? That that's one category. There are churches out there that that like life church, right? Like mm-hmm. like there are churches that believe like, hey, online church that's a great way to utilize technology where you can have a church environment that is purely built on technology mm-hmm. and platforms like that mm-hmm. for, for church life. Uh, we look at that and go, we're going to respectfully disagree. I, right. you're, I don't believe that, that you actually can have a healthy church in that. Would you add additional words to that? I, I think the word you, I think healthy okay. is the word. Like, I think there's a category for it mm-hmm. in the same way that I think there's a category for like church planting where you may not have a plurality of elders in that sure. location. I go, I still think that's a church. But healthy churches have pluralities, a plurality of elders. Right. So if they never get to the point where they have that, then I wouldn't say that's healthy. So yeah. ongoing, I wouldn't say that's a healthy expression so of the church. So ongoing, like just online church, which is why we've never tried to create an online campus mm-hmm. as a church here. Though we could, the technology was there. Uh, and we've never tried to use the online church language, right? Mm-hmm. Um, live stream or even video recordings of our services. Now that's that's a resource that we can make available for those who uh, are homebound or particularly mm-hmm. like in this unique time because of COVID, um, maybe have autoimmune issues or um, are immune compromised, have family members that are elderly. Mm-hmm. I also think it's an additional resource for like our college students that'll be going home here for eight weeks here. It's like, yeah, you can stay connected and continue to, to follow along. There's some other categories that kind of fall in that of like good mm-hmm. resource, terrible replacement, yeah. right? Let's yeah. keep that language in mind. Um, but if you were to go back to like the nuts and bolts of it, so I'm just trying to define these different online church, live stream, whatever. 
Um, Jake, why do you like what's your biggest argument as far as why somebody has to join the church mm. uh, and to be a part of a, a physical body? Like mm-hmm. outside of the categories that we've mentioned that like, hey, I'm not I'm not speaking to people right now that should be appropriately cautious because of the virus. I'm talking to the crowd that maybe has in this time because of COVID-19 become a bit lax uh, maybe a bit too comfortable with the online environment. What would you open mm. the Bible to to try to compel? Yeah, somebody back. Yeah, I mean, what we see in Scripture is that Jesus shed His blood for the church. Jesus died for the church. Uh, time and time again, we see the the church being referred to as the bride of Christ. He is the head of the body, the church. Mm. Like the church, like. There is an element, yes, where Jesus died for you, but he didn't just die for you individually. He died for a group of people. And that group of people, like we talk universal and local church, it's like the universal church from believers in faith of all time in all places, yes. But that universal church is expressed in local churches tangibly. And that's what we see all throughout the New Testament, uh, the way that believers interact with one another as the gathered, as, as the local church. And so I go, the reason why it's important that someone is vitally part of a local church, that they would consider themselves a member, you could say, mm-hmm. is because the church is indispensably important because Jesus died for it. Mm-hmm. And when, when Jesus calls something his bride... That's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So you can't have mm-hmm. you can't have Jesus without his bride in the same way that someone can't have you without Stacy. Mm. Like someone can't be your friend but hate your wife. <laughs> like <laughs> and maybe not even hate. Like that's that's probably like or just be indifferent. Like right. just kind of like act like she doesn't exist or matter. Yeah. That that would almost be more insulting. Yeah. Cause then it's like, what are you trying to do here? You right. know? But it's like, no, like to love Cody is to mm. is to acknowledge and embrace Stacy as well, because you you two are one, mm-hmm. right? And in the same way, Jesus and his bride are one. Jesus and the church are one. So we we must value our local churches as the local physical expression of the invisible universal body of Christ. Yeah. Like that that's that's what I would say. Yeah. Just well, and there, this is a little bit of a, of a detour, but I want to go back to it. I mean. Uh, I think it was John Piper that said once at Bethlehem Baptist, which I thought this is such a great line. He said, guys, everything we do as a church will be B plus at best. Mm. B plus at best. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, if you enter into 3D Christian fellowship with Kendale Church, you're going to be let down somewhere, some point, totally. you name it. And and I wish that wasn't the case. You know how much, Jake, I could be a people pleaser and such. And I would say, yeah, if you ever see us make mistakes and not own it, like then you have caution or reason to be concerned. But mm-hmm. but I think that's true. Like whatever we do as a church at Kendo Church is going to be B plus at best. Yeah. But holding to what you just said, that Jesus calls the church his bride. Mm. He purchased the church with his own blood. That's a That's a big deal. And it's Mark Dever in the the book that we've got for membership, you know, says, why should I join a church? He, he uses a line of, of like, those two things, like holding you, mm. a mature believer can never leave the church behind. Mm-hmm. Yep. No matter what's happened, no matter like what hurts and that, and I'm not excusing those things. Like, I, I hate that that's even a reality among the church, but it is. It's sinful people being sanctified, being made holy 
going to let each other down. Mm. But mature believers cannot leave the church behind. And so we labor. I mean, it's what we give our lives to, to present a more pure bride to mm. Christ. And as believers committed to one another, that should be our labor as well for the purity of the bride, for Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think, Jacob, I could add one thing to, to yeah. your answer, which was was spot on. I think there's a vision component, too, within all of this of, like, I want to see God's people in a time even as crazy as COVID or even as crazy as what's going on with the election or whatever else, to be a gathered people to be a visible display of the gospel, right? It's the mm-hmm. unity in the midst of diversity that that displays yeah. some of the beauty of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And that as we come together as a unified people, as we come together as a people under the blood of Jesus, gathering hands and feet of Jesus, we now actually then can take the gospel to the world not in a two-dimensional way, but in a three-dimensional way as as well. Mm. That gets lost when it becomes purely about my experience with a screen mm-hmm. or my ability to consume something without having to contribute something back or the convenience that it is for me, but not the inconvenience of doing life with all these other people. And if I can get past the consumer mindset and the convenience mindset and enter into life with people. And God actually does his work among his church in this church. Mm. He will do his work among the church through his church Mm that will reach to the nations. And especially right now, that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think what you said about like what we – what we'll do is B plus at best is important because you can absolutely find better preaching mm-hmm. online. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like good luck. Yeah, if if we're, Tim Keller's out there oh, man. and John Piper and, and, and a thousand others, all of our, you know, yeah. it's <laughs> like, man, yeah, there are plenty of other preachers who are yeah. way better. Like there are other churches just kind of out there you could access online that, that do certain things better. Right. But, but what they can't do is they can't shepherd your soul. Right. They can't come to your bedside in the hospital. They can't pasture you. Like, those aren't your pastor. John, as much as I admire and appreciate John Pastor, he's not my pastor because he doesn't know that I exist. You know, like, and and the reality is it's like you you don't only, you didn't only love your wife on your wedding day. You also love her on Wednesday morning. Mm -hmm. She looked great on your wedding day. Looked great. Spent hours looking awesome. Wednesday morning, bedhead, stinky Mm -hmm. breath. Like, not quite wedding day mm-hmm. picture, mm-hmm. but your love for her, it's mm-hmm. like, it's because your love for her wasn't based on how she looked or what she could provide for you. Your love yeah. for her was based on who she was, yeah. you know? And so yeah. in the same way, like, yeah. the, the church will do great things sometimes and yeah. we'll be a mess at other times, right. but it's like, we're the, but, we're the bride of Christ. But we, we've also, like, we've experienced the, the reality of this. Because it's it's etched into who we are created to be, too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, we can we can look back on this entire COVID season and acknowledge one simple reality: that technology cannot replace the importance of just in-person human mm. relationships. Mm-hmm. God created us for community to yeah. do life with one another. We flourish best when we're able to see faces, when we're able to touch another person, when we're not 
always distance and trying to stay away, but there's, mm-hmm. there's a crossing of that for that. And so, again, it, it's important to be prudent in times like these, but at the same point to not neglect the way that God has created us to flourish and to exist. And we've sensed that. I mm-hmm. know we've sensed that. And so now it's also a matter of sensing how God has, has, has created us to be, sensing the this is no replacement mm-hmm. and letting that longing and who got like how he wired us to bring us into that context where where we flourish best yeah right yeah so so what we're saying is for anyone listening mm-hmm. that if you have if you've come out of your home you're back in in-person gatherings that's great mm-hmm. like continue to value the local church in that way mm-hmm. If you're one of those people that it's like you're you're in a vulnerable category, you're taking care of someone in yeah, one of those categories. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. there's room here, you know. Absolutely. Like, there's a lot of grace and a lot of and I'm not questioning your convictions toward the things that we're talking about. Totally, here. I'm imagining that person nodding along the whole time, and I'm yeah. going, absolutely. It's just part of being prudent in this time. It's a yeah. spectrum of responses and what it looks like to be responsible in this time. Mm-hmm. But but there's a category yeah. of people who aren't in those other categories, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, I think it's time to come out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time to begin to value the church maybe in a way that you haven't. Mm-hmm. And I think COVID has been a gracious gift from God to expose maybe something in you that needs to change. We all need that. Like I tell my daughter all the time, like the reason why I correct you, the reason why I show you things that need to change is because I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And so for us, like it is out of that same love, both for God's church, mm-hmm. but also for those people who have yet to engage, who don't have a like clear reason not to. Mm-hmm. Like it's because we care about you as well. Right. And like in in the the health of your own soul, like you were created to be around a church family. Mm-hmm. And so we, we want to call you back back to the table. Stop Absolutely. stop live streaming our family dinners. Mm-hmm. Like, come join us. There's a seat for you. Plenty of room, especially plenty of room. At, especially at the early service. Yes, <laughs> yes. The 8 a.m. service. There's plenty of room yeah. if you want to join my family and I. Uh, if that one's too early for you, uh, there's plenty of room at the 11 a.m. service. There you go. Just avoid the 9:30, please. <laughs> that table is packed. Yeah, that yeah. that time is is. Is full. Which is great. So yeah. cool. Thanks for hanging out, man. This well, was fun. Yes. This was more enjoyable than I anticipated <laughs> it would be. <laughs> it has nothing to do with you. Yeah, right. It's yeah, just right. when you put a microphone in front of me and I go, well, here's here's a, a list of questions I'm not going to share with you until they come out on air. It's like, oh, great. So Great. Put me on the spot. Yeah. That's cool. perfect. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, anytime.